0: the return of Paul Farrier. Thank you, man, for coming on to the show again. Um, the first podcast was honestly, it was, uh, I loved it. It was very, it, I just, I felt like, I, like I said, at the end of it, I felt like I grew from it. Uh, it wasn't a regular, it wasn't an ordinary conversation at the coffee shop. And that's what I, that's what I like about you, man. That's why I brought you on again. So we can we can go there, we can get deep and we can, you know, figure out what it's like on the other side of our thoughts.
1: Yeah. And you know what, it's funny you say that. My ego is very honored to be back on for a second sin, especially so quickly. I'm like, <laughs> look, man, he's he's got some pretty cool people coming on here. So um, it was like, all right, let's, let's go. Let, let's add value. Let's keep going deeper and let's see where this, where this takes us, you know, pumped up. Yeah.
0: Cause you know what it was is like at the end, I felt like a, there was so much more that we could have talked about, but I think we just, we, I, I did at least exerted my energy. I, don't, I think we ended it on like, dude, like your thoughts don't make any, you know, you were not our thoughts and, we, you know, we can't describe it. There's no words to describe it. So we were just like, well, what more can we say if we can't, if our words don't describe the truth, then how can we, what more can we say? And then we just kind of ended it there. But right. there, I think there are certain truths you can, all right. So like there is the ultimate truth, which is there's the ultimate truth. Which is unspeakable, unknowable by the mind, by the rational mind, but it's there, and it's more of a feeling that you can, you just reach, and you just, you just know. There's just like this un, unspeakable knowing when you reach that truth, and you, and once you open that door, that you don't close it again. Like I mean, you can, once you open the door, you, you, you can open it again. You know where the door is, but. I think the door does close, but you always know that the door is there to the ultimate truth, right, of the unspeakable truth. But I think below that, there are also truths that you can speak about. There are things that we can talk about that bring mm-hmm. you closer to opening that door. And I think that's what we can kind of explore in podcasts. That's why we talk. You know, that's why, that's why we have these philosophical conversations, to bring us closer. Because it's not easy to get to that ultimate truth like what okay so how would you describe the ultimate truth like what is the ultimate truth of life I am
1: so I'm so pumped up you brought that up (laughs) (laughs) well because I wanted like there was something I was doing the dishes this morning and there's something I wanted to bring up to you and by the way I had that thought too I was like dude there is so much for us to explore and talk about and my mind just started exploding but when I thought about coming on here and us doing this again, what I immediately started to think about was, so I may have mentioned it last time. So right after college, I went immediately in the sales yep. and just got inundated with the Brian Tracy's, Jim Rohn's, Tony Robbins of the world. And then even people within the organization making all this money We probably this last time, but what I started to value by proxy was, Hey, I am not going to talk to you and listen to you and take your advice or entertain a conversation. If you're not making $500,000 a year or more, Mm -hmm. like that's the litmus test. Like anything you have to say, any philosophy you have about life, all this stuff, it literally doesn't matter unless you're making $500,000 a year or more, because I only want to be like those one and have what those people have. And that's it. Right. Yep. So, the hardest thing in the world right now for me to accept, and I am still working through this, is that when I sit down and meditate and I feel these things come up, and, and we've talked, hopefully, we'll go deeper into this, but when these things come up and these truths that you are alluding to that you can actually viscerally feel in your body come up, mm-hmm. there is, in that moment, That's so hard to explain with words. That's like, wow, like this, this is it. And then the mind comes in and says, who are you to speak to this? What have you done in your life? What have you achieved? What, what have you, what have you done that makes you so sure that what you think and feel is as profound as you think do you, do you know what i'm trying to say
0: yeah you're saying the mind comes in and says who are you to speak about this about Thank this you this this mind state Thank yeah you. it's like the ego is always like no matter what is always trying to because i i have that too there's because it's just like i can look at other people that are speaking about the same things i am and I'm like oh i don't have what they have or i'm not doing what they what they're doing but at the end of the day we're still speaking about the same Uh, the same topics and the same with the same ideas and the same messages and the same themes. So it's just like, that's just another obstacle you have to get by because at the end of the day, like I said, man, I feel like I say at the end of the day of a lot, a lot (laughs) at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like, as long as you're, you know, it's true in your heart. uh, And you, you speak that truth and you're authentic with it. If one, my opinion, if one person hears it, and it speaks to them then i accomplish my goal none of that matters really man like all of the the glamour and the instagram followers like all of that doesn't matter because the, the truth the real truth i get the message i get from the real truth it sounds corny to say the truth man but the message that i get from the truth is that it's it's like speak this into existence like just just you have to Like, don't be pushy about it, but like speak. It's just good vibrations and good vibes Mm. and good energy because essentially it's, okay, so I'll try to describe it. Essentially, the truth is just ultimate, and it's ultimate happiness. It's infinite happiness. It's being okay with who you are. And not every, we live in a world where not everybody's okay with who they are. Actually, the majority of people aren't okay with who they are. And that's the problem is because people don't know who they are what they're here for and what the hell is going on when when you come to that 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 you know that samadhi state that state of just like ah oh, just being that is the truth that's happiness and it, it i get discouraged too because i'm like oh man i can't talk about this no one's going to understand they're going to think i'm weird but i know deep down there's there's something that tells me i need to I need to go to these depths and speak this to, for myself, for my own therapy, to just talk. Like, this feels good to just talk about things. And for other people, potentially, you know? It's yeah. it's something, it's like a, something in my heart to, like, speak about these things. Because I want people, ultimately, deep down to be happy. And it's tough, man. It's tough.
1: Yeah, to build on that, too. I, What's interesting is now that we're having this, now that we're connecting like this on this level, what, what immediately came to mind is you, you could have tens of thousands of followers that listen to this podcast potentially at some point and tens of thousands of views and they all can count on Gary Haskins to bring them, deliver them an interview, content, interviews with people that if they listen to the interview, it's going to help them get to a next level in their life. Well, to me, immediately what I thought of when you just said that was, I don't care who you interview. I don't care if it's Bill Gates or whoever it is. What I'm looking for is, is that person speaking through the their story what they think is success or are we actually meeting that person you know Mm. like is it is it this is everything i think i need to be and thinking to have and Mm. this is the story that supports that so that identity doesn't crumble or is that a person that's been willing to break down those barriers of tightly held identity of their way of making sense of the world. And you're talking to their heart. Cause I don't think true value happens mm-hmm. until you're really talking to someone's heart.
0: Yeah. That's why they call it a heart to heart. Right. Yeah. You it's opening up, it's like opening up a door and you like, it's your, that's, that's authenticity. That that's so mm-hmm. true, man. Like it's cause we're all not talking when we, when we converse like on a, you know, in the street or something, it's like, we, we're just, it's closed off. Like we're, yes. we, we don't know, like we just, we don't, we don't love, man. Like, you know, when you, when you open up and you speak, when they, when you speak from the heart, people feel it. And, but they have to also have their heart open. It's like, it's a two-way street. Like you can't just, because like people will probably think you're weird if you, because I try to do that, man. I try to like speak from the heart. I try to love people, but I can, I can tell that everybody's closed off. And it's tough, but occasionally there are people out there that I can tell have that open heart, and I'm speaking to their heart, and it's it's something special. You can tell there's something, there's a feeling in you that says, "Wow, this person is real. This person is authentic. This is a this is a legitimate conversation that's going to help me grow," or just not even like help me grow. Just like it's just going to make me feel good, and I can tell that this person has love, and it's a rare thing. But imagine the world we lived in. We would live in. If that was where everybody based their decisions is from mm-hmm. the heart. Now, how do you, how would you describe what that means to speak? Like, give me a, for instance, that I mean, speak from the heart. Like mm-hmm. if you want to open up your heart to somebody, is that like selflessness? Is that sacrifice? Is that, is that, is that dispelling your ego? Like what would you say that is? Vulnerability. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're just, you're just letting it all out to them like you're making yourself just a, this, you, you don't care what this person thinks you're just all of your feelings and emotions that could potentially i guess harm you or think could harm you you're just letting
1: them have it that's a good question and i would on the surface i would say no mm-hmm. um but on a, on a soul level i would say yes I'll, I'll example so there's somebody that i work with who when i speak to this person you know, they lay it out, all, all, all out there, all out there. Um, fears, fears about their, their position, fears about their job, things that they don't like about management, things that they don't like about the company, things that they do like about what they, they just, they're an open book, open book. And I don't associate being an open book with being in your power and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a big there's a fine line to draw between i'm um, opening up my heart to you versus i am just spilling my guts and putting all this energy out there that really doesn't doesn't push us forward doesn't contribute yeah. to our you know what i'm trying to say yeah yeah so
0: i, I don't i don't know how to describe that though because i just yeah. know what the difference is deep down and it's just like you can just tell when you know, I mean, you don't always have to have an open heart and, and when you talk to people, but there is. When you, like, when you get to the nitty and gritty, it, it, is, it is a thing, man, to, to just be. And it kind of just comes down to also just recognizing that the, that the person you're interacting with or people that you're interacting with are other people or souls, and they're other just like you. And we're all in this thing, just like you, and we're all going through our own shit just like I am. And with that recognition comes the love. It comes the opening of the heart. And from there you act accordingly. And that's probably the best way that I could describe acting with an open heart.
1: Yeah. Cause you know what? That resonates completely because it's not like there's a script for it. There's not like there's a how to, because I could say something to you right now that, doesn't land and I'm saying it from the mind, boom. but that same sentence being inspired from like a gut feeling, something that you said, it could completely change the theme of that same exact sentence, mm. you know? So it's not about uh, this combination of words or whatever. It's about the underlying motivation or driver yep. for those words. You know
0: what I mean? Intention. It's all about yeah. intention,
1: man. 100 percent it's all all about
0: that's all life dude and i think that's also what karma is about when people speak about karma Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it comes down to your intention behind your actions and uh, i mean do you think that is a thing or like a principle of the universe is like karma where you reap what you sow (laughs)
1: because
0: i do sometimes i go back and forth like all these concepts honestly all these concepts these these profound concepts, I go back and forth. Like one day I'm like karma. No, that's not a thing. It's all just random events. And then something happens and I'm just like, no, like, you know, that they're just reaping what they sow. That's just, this is how it's supposed to be. And it's just like, my mind goes back and forth, but it's fun to think about. And it's fun to talk about.
1: Well, I now that makes me curious with you is because I know a special someone in my life that believes vehemently in karma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, I would a, I want to ask you like what what do you think the difference is so if i'm a I'm a person that's like in going into my spiritual journey and like exploring and I've heard things from my thoughts create my reality to karma what do you think what do you think the degree of cause and effect between what you do and how you feel is versus like were you destined for that karma were you headed for that karma like you know what i mean do you control on some level the karma that the karma loop that you're in like what do you think of that yeah that's that's also an
0: idea i go back and forth on Hmm, i think it's a blend between predestination and free will in free will talking about karma so you have and i think the karma is um it's pretty much infinite dependent upon your previous karma so okay let me let me try and let me try and gather my thoughts here when i explain it so we have we have like this line we have this journey we're going through in life and we're always going to it's the same destination i guess we're going to die but we're all going to go through certain lessons in our life based upon our previous karma based upon our previous uh karmic decisions whether it's in you know people say it's in previous lifetimes could be, who knows? But we'll just say this lifetime, and from there, we're we're, we're, um, we're we, we get put through certain situations to learn lessons and to to grow and to just experience life. And you're gonna go through those things and go through those lessons, no matter what. Um, and I think it's based upon your karma so it's just, it's based upon your intention behind those actions so like you're gonna get there it's just a matter of when based upon your actions and your intentions if that even makes sense it's like i don't know if i'm explaining it correctly like i said i'm not i'm not like a i'm not a i'm not like a i'm not a guru but it's like we're go, it, we're all gonna go we're all getting to the same place but before we get to that place we have to learn the lessons like we all have to go through those things and those things come based upon our decisions. It's very profound, man. It's, it's not, I'm not one to speak on that. You know, I, I, I'm really honestly not because I'm still learning myself, but that's pretty much what I got from it is like, it's not like, you know, karma isn't like, you know, if I do this. Then if I, you know, if I, if I cut somebody off, then I'm going to get cut off tomorrow. It's more of like, I'm, if I cut somebody off, I'm going to learn what it's like to be disrespected. I might get cut off tomorrow, but I'm going to be put through the lesson or have the potential to be, to be put through that lesson, to know what it's like to be cut off. And if I don't learn that lesson, it's going to come up again through my karma. That's how I see it. I might be totally butchering it, but that's how my internal interpretation of what that is. That's I mean, okay. But when you when you talk about karma, it's in the traditional sense. It's like this is like we we are here fulfilling our karma. That's what the kind of the purpose is, and it's this whole. It's this. It it envelops the entire universe, and all through multiple lifetimes. So, and until we we reap what we sow within our karma and learn the lessons and learn who we truly are through our karma, we're going to keep being born again in different bodies and different lifetimes. And and essentially what the, the concept of karma comes down to is that we are all, we're all here for one big lesson in a way. And the lesson is to realize and know who we are. And it's not like bad or good positive or negative it's just like you do this and you're going to learn what it's like so your soul can grow like you do this and then this may happen to you because you did this and that's going to help your soul grow and evolve it's a profound topic man it's very far out it's not like the simple americanized karma you know yeah it's i i probably didn't do that well explaining it but that's how i kind of see it at this point
1: no, I think I think that was as your explanation unfolded, I think that was powerful because, and I'm not going to give away any spoilers here. Okay, okay. I'll do my best not to. But we're going to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Okay. And have you have you finished it? Have you been through it? Marvel. The movie? all the Marvel movies, like the Avengers.
0: I've seen like the the first Avengers, and that's pretty much it, man.
1: All right, so I won't go into too many details, but there there's a situation that happens with Thor, who is mm-hmm. the god of god of thunder. And he goes through this, he has to learn this lesson the hard way where his power is not his <clears throat> his hammer. The the hammer is meant to help him channel his power, but he is so much more beyond the hammer. And so he may have to go through Um, lessons that facilitate that understanding at a soul level because we could intellectually get that oh yeah my hammer my hammer is this and you know i'm this but until you are forced to do something without that object that you identified with you aren't going to really understand what can be you know, drawn out of you, what can come out of you. And so when you said that, I I thought about that for a minute, like in terms of the greater lesson that we're meant to learn or going to learn is like, we think we're all these things. You no, know? mm-hmm. we think that we're here to, and, and I guess I could be projecting, I'm going to speak through like my old paradigm. We think that we're here to make all this money to live this American dream. We think that we're, our power is our thoughts. When like I can be rich, I can visualize the mansion, I can visualize the 10 boats and 10 cars and I'm human and a deer can't do that. So this is my purpose to manipulate the world around. But really like we're a lot more than that. Yeah. And so I feel like the more we cling on and, and egoify things, the more shit we're going to go through to understand that this isn't it. Like there's more here for you to feel and see and be and connect to, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's our karma, dude. I mean, that's Buddhism too. That's just, like you said, we cling. All of our problems stem, it's funny because we can talk about it, but we still do it. Yeah. All of our problems stem from our clinging. Like our mind just wants to latch onto things that think are going to make us happy. Like I could say that oh I'm not attached I don't cling to anything but I know my mind will cling to some kind of pleasure or something yes. like my car or a new phone or this 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 drink oh this is awesome I love this. Uh, or a person or just something that I think is ultimately going to make me make me realize my inner truth my inner being or just be happy but it's not and you know why because those things are gonna fade everything that you think is gonna make you happy it's not going to make you happy and it's funny because it's not so the colloquial term of happiness the american happiness that's not what you know real happiness is real infinite consciousness infinite happiness like that it should be a different word and i'm pretty sure there is in sanskrit but i just don't know it but we'll just we'll use happy for now real happiness goes beyond like you said clinging anything it really goes beyond it goes beyond just like your mind it 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 is just simply being and i and that is are we reap our karma and we learn our lessons through our attachments in a way until we reach that point, and that's what the Hindus and Buddhists say, man. It's pretty profound. But like, if that's the truth, right? So if it actually is true that reincarnation is real, that we go through multiple lives, and that is what we do. I've, I've lived multiple lives, and you've lived multiple lives, and the truth is that we're living multiple lives so we can learn lessons until we reach like. It's, you know, we reach nirvana. That's what it's called. It's nirvana. Mm. Isn't that insane? Isn't that just so insane that that's the truth, right? If it is, I don't know. Like I said, I like to explore all ideas, like Mm. everything of like all existential, whatever it is. But I just like to, I like to run it through my head and it sounds good and it kind of makes sense. If, if, if that's the truth, then we are so lost as a people, man because seven and a half billion people and we don't know that look we've lived we've had millions of lives you're probably going to have millions of lives in the future too and you better do your work man you better get it right or and because that's what they say is you're going to keep coming back because you have more lessons to learn you didn't learn your lessons you the karma you you the thing is with karma you build you can you build your bad or good karma through your actions right like we talked about so most people that are so lost and not doing their work and not following the dharma they're building up this karma and just They're just adding, like they, so this is this is like a really simple way to put it. They could take an action where they like, say some guy like shoots a guy in the face. He could have added about a million lives to his karma. So he's gonna keep coming back in the cycle to see what it's like to really suffer because he committed that act where he might be going through those lives and every single one of those lives, he gets, he's the one that gets shot in the face or some shit or just like something along those lines. It's all about lessons that our soul has to learn. And if that's the truth, like I said, Paul, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm like, what is going on, man? Like, we're so lost, everybody's caught up in money, Donald Trump, who's got the bigger butt? It's like, no, man. Like, that's not what it's meant. Like, human beings, like you said, are so much greater, bro. We are God. We are quite literally, like they say in the Bible, we are quite literally, God made us in his image, right? Or was the other round? He made, yeah, he made, we are a part of God. And if that's true, we are a part of God, like, bro, we got to get our mind right. We got to like, we got to like seriously know what humans are. We are spiritual beings having this journey for the purpose so we can come to reside in heaven it's true he- like this is dude this is this is the truth i'm giving you the scoop right now we live multiple lives so we can eventually get to heaven we heaven isn't when we die Interesting. so we can keep building our lives up and keep learning until we reach the state that this guy reached see this guy this is buddha he reached that state but he said himself that he lived millions of lifetimes until he reached that point. And he came back for his last life to teach us these lessons. Siddhartha Gautama, he taught us, and nobody's listening. There's some people that are listening, but what I'm trying to get at, and I don't even know where this point started, man, I'm going off, is we're, we're lost and we need to find ourselves. And that starts with opening the heart to each other.
1: So then, I want you to break this down for me even further. Then, and if you have to, just make it up, make it make up your answer. I don't care, I don't care. Like, I'm not looking for validation from anything. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to this for the first time, theoretically, right? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Gary, fantastic. How do I do that? How you know, what's the process? Do what? I okay, so. It could go through stages, this question. The first stage is I'm terrified to death of having to go through this thing a million times. And I'm scared of of making the wrong steps so that I have to live again and learn the lessons and blah, 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 all that and keep going. So you're telling me that the key is to, to opening up the heart and really be receptive to Dharma, which, by the way, I want to know what that is. And second <laughs> of all, what is that process to opening up the heart? How can I level up my consciousness right level up be somebody who is willing to be awakened and willing to be aware so that i can move forward and don't have to constantly revisit and go through this lifetime of questioning and struggle and all this stuff how, how can we streamline this process
0: so if somebody did come up to me and ask me that which i would be what would somebody, you say if somebody did ask me that i'd be like wow man that i would say that's the first step is first be curious And I said, you already started the journey right there. And I say the second step is this. (laughs) Go find a quiet room. Close your eyes. And for a second, just sit there with your eyes closed and follow your breath. And see what that feels like. For 10 minutes. Because most people
1: can't.
0: Most people cannot do that. It is The simplest thing in the world is the hardest thing to do. It's to just be... And see how that feels, and once you know how that feels, and see and, and to to reside on the other side of your thoughts, that's the start. And from there, you take your actions. You you take you act from that place. If you can continually go back to that place, and you know, some people say you get information from the universe when you meditate, and maybe that's true. But all that matters is that when you meditate, I think it makes you a better person. Whatever, however it works. But when you meditate, it makes you closer to your heart, closer to God, whatever you want to talk about. And I would say just simply know how that feels and act from that feeling. And those actions will better facilitate your good karma. And I'm not saying that this, you know, you still might have to live a million years. But if you start with that foundation and just and essentially just come to meditate and realize what you are, and what what is really going on and to know that that's beyond your thoughts that's how you start i don't know everybody has their own journey and their own actions to take to you know their own their own karma to reap but i know it starts by stilling the mind and everybody's mm-hmm. capable of doing that like there's not a person on this earth that isn't capable of just simply being and just just like just, it's funny too, because like I said, dude. It's the it's the simplest thing. Why is it so hard for everybody to just just be like this, without having to be like, oh man, I gotta like, look at my phone, like, like because I I'm I'm still I, I'm still um susceptible to that. Like I, you know, I meditate like every day, but there's still like I'm not in that constant meditative state, which I don't even know if that's the goal. But like I'm I'm still find myself, not aligned and like i find myself like saying things that i probably shouldn't have said or excuse me or doing things that i probably shouldn't have done but at least i know and i recognize those things now and that's something that has to be done and like i said because when you act in that place you 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 become aware and that's the first step and with that awareness you take action you learn you, you you become aware you learn the lesson and you take action so it doesn't have to happen again and that's how we create a better world.
1: Hmm. This is th- this is really um, it's pretty far out. It, it's it's not far out in the sense of like oh my god what are these guys talking about? It's far out in the sense of like how I feel is that this is actually uh, stretching my thoughts a little bit, and it's it's making me ask some questions. It's and it's actually drawing out of me things that I feel like I want to say that I feel like are really important for me to say. Mm-hmm.
0: and Why not, um, go ahead.
1: This is the time. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if, if it feels so important to me to say because it's, it's a truth like we talked about at the beginning or if it's because it's an unraveling of my personal story to this point. Mm. But there's some deep, heavy attachment like, I can feel it in here as you were talking about that. There's like this heaviness that comes with perceiving. Even, even having the ability to perceive something is a mistake. Okay? Now, that's important to me because I'm, I'm thinking about meditation. And a big issue that I had with, with meditation was, okay, so mistakes and expectations. The fact that I believe, that I even believe that I can do something wrong, the conceptualization of right, wrong, good, bad, I feel like fundamentally is an issue as well because who is saying good, bad, right, wrong? Where is that voice coming from? What set of values drove that definition of what is right, and what is wrong?
0: Yeah. Uh, I would say, well, you can either get that from the world. Like, you know, people, a lot of people base their morals on laws, which not all laws are, are just. We all know that. Can't. I think you have to base that, like we talked about in the beginning, on your heart. Like, you just know there's some things and certain acts that you take and you facilitate that. You just know her right like this i don't know what it is like everybody knows that killing another person is is not good that's the first yogic principle ahimsa is non-violence right and that is i guess that is me getting my morals from a, a moral code but still it means something like that that's in every religion right every single religion is pretty much like you know don't harm anybody like no violence and i think that is something innately built in us as people but we still do it isn't it crazy that we still like we have war and just so much hatred but i think the right thing to do is is nonviolence. and there's, there's some there's other aspects and things too like non-stealing it's pretty much selflessness man it's 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 love you know and it's it's knowing you base your decisions and your morals upon knowing that the other person is the same exact person as you like if you uh, Ram, you know Ramdas? Yes. He says treat everybody as if when you when you meet them, treat them as if they're God in drag, and that's kind of how you how I see and base my decisions is that this person is if I were to meet God on the street, God Almighty, but he's just dressed up. He has like a little see, he's got a, some you know suit on and a hat. How am I going to treat that person? You know, like that's how I base my decisions, and I think that's where everybody's moral compass should be because that's the thing is we are we are all god in drag that's the secret that's the thing they don't want to tell you is that we're literally all god well we're just playing a game we're playing a game paul this is it man i'm telling you we're all this is the, this is the trick of life we're all we're all brahman brahman is is this we it's the consciousness right we're all this one we're all this one band and energy wavelength right which is some people would say is God, right? I say that's God. We are all this one band. But God decided to play a trick on himself to have a little fun. And he decided to say, all right, what I'm going to do is make myself into an infinite uh, subjective consciousness so I can play this game. And it's called the, the game of life, aka the game of love. And in this game, you have the choice. It's between you fear the other person which isn't real or you can love the other person and love is the truth because how can you not love yourself right we are all quite literally the same thing so if i know that deep down and i know that and i do dude i know that a hundred percent and there's nobody that can tell me that's not the truth because i know that every single person is me they might look a little different. They might smell a little different. They might talk a little different. But at the end of the day, at their core, deep down, they are me. We're at, at our core, in our heart, we're the same exact thing. So that's how I treat people. And it's tough. It's easier said than done because, like I said, a lot of people, just they, they don't have good energy. They just don't have the vibe. They don't, they don't have their heart open like we talked about. There. It's very, very closed off and just like their heart shock was just like there's nothing coming out of them but that still doesn't give you the excuse to harm them and be violent and, and treat them with disrespect or see them as lower. And, and, you know, you might have your own way of dealing with people, but that's how I base my decisions. It's, we're all God in drag. What do you think?
1: I think that's interesting. When I, I think, can i ask you something you, yeah. you say something no, when, no, no. I say,
0: when i say when i say the word god mm. what does that mean to you because that mm. is a, that's that means a lot to a lot of people and when i say yeah. that people might think like god the man in the sky with a beard he's, he has the puppet strings and he's, he's pulling it's like no i don't mean that i mean literally it's infinite consciousness that's what we are so when i say that to you what does that mean yeah it could be nothing you can just say nothing because that that I used to be, I used to think that meant nothing, but uh, I kind of see life in a different light now.
1: Yeah, for a long time, because I grew up, I grew up with that personification of God, this man in the sky, beard, power overall. You know, I grew up with that and, and unraveling that idea was a process. And then when I was exposed to the law of attraction, the secret, I substituted that version of God for the universe. So then when I spoke about godly or God-oriented things, it was the universe. And then I slowly started to realize that when I pictured what that meant, it was largely influenced by the graphic and imagery shown in that movie, where they show all these like little atoms and molecules, electricity, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then at that point, I began to question and wonder, when I... it's like, I'm, I'm going to always be limited in when I think about what God is, this entity. I don't know that I'm ever going to accurately picture it, but when I talk about God now, when I reference God, when I say God, because sometimes it feels right and good to say God, it's connection. It's um, this visceral, this visceral like awareness Mm-hmm. An energy that's kind of like flowing that I can feel in my chest right now, I can feel in my arm right now. It's just like God. Yeah. And I mean no attachment whatsoever to any religious entity, yeah. to any entity that your that your ego is going to project to help you understand this way out concept. It's God, it's I'm talking about the essence of the word that I feel when yeah. I say God. You know what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah, dude, because that's, uh, that's a connection. That's what it is. That's 100% what yeah. it is. And yeah. that is the basis for, I don't know about all because I'm not a religious scholar, but most religions, that's the basis. It's that, that, it's that fundamental feeling of connection and love yes. and, and you know compassion. Yes. What happens is people put symbols on yes. that and they create stories to describe that and people get attached Yes, do those symbols and stories and think the symbol is what God is, but it's, but, but I'm like, no, you have that backwards. The symbol, it's a symbol that means something that's within you like the, so Jesus Christ, right? Whether or not he was a real guy, I think there was a lot of Jesus Christ. I think, I think Christ consciousness is an energy that is within us and it represents Jesus represents sacrifice that every human being has to go through. We sacrifice our ego so that we can reach the Christ consciousness to be compassionate and loving toward other people because that's what he preached, man. Jesus preached love. God is love. You know, you. I don't know. I never really read the Bible in, in, in its entirety, but the, the basis is that he, it's sacrifice. The image of him on the cross is his sacrifice opening his heart in that the sacrifice is in your ego because you can't love your thy neighbor if you're caught in your ego and caught in the the hummer in your driveway or something true it's a symbol just like buddha is a symbol dude he he's the symbol of how to still your mind he might not even been a real person but it's the symbol between you know why do they why do you think they build 100 foot statues in the east because they want to show the symbol it's not the guy it's not about buddha they don't want to uh, pray and bow down to him they maybe actually people do but that's it's it's what's behind that in the in the stealing the mind and that's how you come to it like all religions they're all focused around the same thing it's just people are just lost in in the symbols and people have wars over the symbols and they and and they get in fights and you know they do these weird rituals over these symbols when they have no clue, the truth of the words that are in the book, what the what the prophets said, is in us. It's innately in us, and it's right here, right now. And it's a sickness, man. It's a sickness of the head.
1: <laughs> really. <laughs> well, to to build on that, my favorite quote, and I'm gonna butcher this, but my literally, like, I read this and I was like, hold on, 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 hold on. I think it was either Ralph Waldo Emerson or Henry David Thoreau. I can't remember which it was. And mm-hmm. I, I apologize, not either one of them. But it said, was it Lao Tzu? I don't know. It, it was, <laughs> it was that's a huge jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it was like, um, nature never rushes, yet everything gets done. Hmm. Um, and And that hit me because... Especially in this achievement paradigm, this achievement paradox, where you can see the gods, the stereotypical version of God, the gods of art, and the Elon Musk's, the Mark Zuckerberg's, the Larry Ellison's, the Mark Benioff's, these people that are just driving 60, 70, 80 hours a week, change the world. Right? These are the people that we build statues of in the United States of America. This is the model of greatness, right? And really what that quote tells me, the hugest conflict that you can have is if I go over there right now and I sit for an hour, an hour, okay, and let everything come up, first of all, I think to myself, wait a minute, isn't there something I need to do to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to facilitate this stillness, isn't there? So then a thought comes up, oh, you need to go do the laundry. You need to go wash the dishes. That's something for me to literally do. So now I've got to do that because we're in a doing, achieving culture. But I can get more done and I can achieve more alignment, connection, closeness, clarity by just, dude, like my heart beats and I have no say in the matter. Yep. My cells multiply and divide, and I have no say in the matter. Life is being. Life is doing, yet we've got this control complex that says if I don't do X, Y, Z, or interject control on some level, then I'm gonna die, I'm. A, nothing, nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how that was relevant, it felt relevant, but I just, like, yeah, it's that stillness paradox you know, of like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah, those are our gods. And it's just like, just like we got lost in the symbolism of of the religions. We get lost in the symbolism of the American culture. I know exactly what you're saying, man. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, whatever the symbol is, it's taking us further away from getting back to the original topic, the ultimate truth. We're so disconnected, man. We are so, so far from where we came from and we're so far from our origin and I don't know. I don't know. We got a long way to go, man, but there are a lot of people waking up, man. There's a lot of people that are kind of seeing, you know, on the same vibe. Uh, But it's, you know, it's a slow process. We're getting there. And I was just going to say, it's just like, our world is, isn't facilitating that like with our phone it's just it's almost like it's trying to take us further and further away from who we really are
1: yeah yeah and i was i was actually talking to chris about this last night about feeding the machine right so um something something happened a couple of years ago i got myself in some very deep financial trouble right mm-hmm. very deep financial water and i made a commitment from that point on to get myself out of the situation and then reframe my relationship with debt and money in general, right? So I say all that to say, okay, I got an email from my credit card company that said, hey, we've noticed your account hasn't been active for this amount of time. We're going to close your account. And I thought to myself in that moment, isn't that something? If you close my account, What's going to happen is that's going to be a credit line that's going to drop from my account, which is going to show lower credit limits, which is going to impact my credit score. And this whole cascading thing, right? And then I started to think, wow, this whole concept of my credit score is so integral, integral to me – being somebody Mm, like you identified with it yeah like i need to oh that can't happen i need to have this line of credit open and i need to if i find something to stimulate the line of credit so i can keep my credit score going so i'm seen as worthy from Mm. financial institutions and other people potentially and now I've got to feed the machine in ways that I normally wouldn't. i got to consume X, Y, Z that I normally don't need or want to, but I yeah. think I do because I've got to be somebody here. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden that thing defines me. And it's I'm all doing is feeding the machine. A three-digit number. Isn't it craziness? Yeah. yeah. My point about all that is there's not a necessarily a financial awareness conversation. It's more of like just recognizing... How, like, that truth, how, how we buy into buy into and identify with concepts that can't possibly scratch the surface on who we are, the value that we bring, what we're meant to do here. Like, mm-hmm. it's completely disconnected yeah. from our sense of self. You know what I'm trying to
0: say? Yeah, man. It's because uh, it's we were born – I believe that we were born into a system, like a grid in the matrix, whatever you want to call it. Like we were born yeah. into this game. It's like a game you have to see yourself out of, man. Like we just, we're born into this. It's, it's crazy. It's peculiar. When you look at the big picture, it's like, I don't know if my soul asked for it. Some people say like you're, you're born here and like, you know, you chose this life, but it feels like, why would I choose this life? I don't know. It just seems like weird to be born in this, but I think I did. I think that's just part of the game. It's uh, it's like, why would I be born into this? Like it's dude, it's quite, it's quite literally a system that's built to keep us. I think, would you say feed the machine? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's built for us to feed the machine, dude. It's just this <laughs> giant machine that's just sucking all of the energy out of us to the best of its ability. And it, the currency of it is, our labor essentially or it's our our ideas and it's just like this we it it is a machine man it is like it's this. when you look at like the the, you know the american system or the western world or just capitalism or whatever you want to call it humanity as a whole it's this giant machine that we're feeding through our through our pursuits and our efforts and it's um i mean if you, you could look at that and be uh what's the word i'm looking for you could be like not depressed but like cynical cynical yeah, cynical or intimidated by it but yeah to me i just see that as that's just part of the game that i was born into in this life you know you gotta i said my saying is like you gotta play the game or the game's gonna play you so you know this the i see life is almost like a game dude it really is especially in the system that we're born into it's just like it has rules we have credit scores it's like your points it's like where are you on the leaderboards man you have a credit score you're doing good you're at the top you're doing good man like it's like a video game bro you gotta play by the rules and that's just part of it man you could just get lost in the ebb and flow and once you realize that this life is just a game then that's when you can kind of take the controller and learn the tricks of the trade of the controller and know how to how to like you know like the cheat codes and certain things that other people don't know and that's just another part of the game like credit score and shit like that dude just I would say just, you know, it's it's hard not to identify with that because our, we identify with money so much, and our, as our, ident- you know, we we that's literally our, you know, that's how we eat, <laughs> that's how we stay alive in a way. But just know that's just one of the rules, and if you know how to, you know, if you know how to abide by the rules, yet. Uh, but also still at the same time, keeping your sanity and staying true to yourself and treating other people with selflessness. That's the best you can do. Just don't identify with it. Don't identify with the money. Like a lot of people identify with their jobs. They identify with their bank account or they identify with their material possessions. Look at this car, man. Everyone wants to, when they get a new car, everyone wants to show off their new car. It's just don't, it's just something. I see all of these thing, things and obstacles in my life that, you know, bills, all the All the bullshit of life, whatever it is, the drama of life, I see those as just part of this game. It's like another challenge. It's another mm. boss. It's another level that I just gotta get through mm. so that I can better facilitate um, my own happiness in a way, my own understanding and my own, I guess you could say, enlightenment. And it's just part of the system, dude. I see I see life as just this giant meditation. And all these obstacles and shit that comes in it's just another thing in my meditation so that it can i my my mind can check myself to come back into the to the uh to the self and the understanding and the better that I can get through this the bullshit of life the, the better it strengthens my mindfulness and awareness to help me grow
1: you feel yeah that? I absolutely do i do I absolutely do because this part of the reason it sucks. Like this sucks that I like the matrix, the matrix idol much because it's almost like when you talk about us being born here, right. And we, and that, that's a whole other discussion, but essentially if you've seen the matrix, okay, hopefully this resonates. If not, hopefully it still resonates, but either way. Okay. So if it wasn't for the matrix, like as much as the matrix sucked, there would be nothing to draw out the awareness within Neo and everybody that supported Neo. Like that was the greatest facilitator of consciousness there ever could have been for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And, and whether you, whether you talk about the matrix or whether you talk about a superhero movie, Right the villains that rise up to mirror the the protagonist end up drawing something out of them yeah. that they wouldn't have. So here we are, here we are, here we are. And, and you can observe the madness, right? Like you can observe the stuff that, that makes this thing even relevant. And you can say, ah, screw it. I wish it wasn't this way. But ultimately it's given us a canvas and a backdrop and contrast for us to recognize like this thing inside of us that says, wait a minute.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: like it's, it's allowing us to even be aware
0: and understand what that means. Exactly, man. Exactly. And that's, I used to have the mindset of like, oh, not even that long ago, like, woe is me. This sucks. Why, why did this happen to me? Why do I have to go to work? Why do I have to pay bills? Why did I stub my toe? Like, why, did, why me? Why, why, why is this happening to me? Mm. Realize, I know why this is happening to me, because this is actually, and I'm looking, I had the wrong mindset about it, but, and I turned my mindset around, I realized this is actually making it so I can, it brings me closer to myself. I'm like, all of this is actually for me. It's not happening to me. The suffering is for me just like it was for neo the matrix is a dude the movie is like a perfect analogy or just like it is amazing like i would i actually have to rewatch that dude i really do i i I, like because it's just i i'm at a new understanding of life and i feel like it would it would hit me in a different way now but it's a perfect analogy for just the literal matrix that we live in like all of these things we are neo and we all of this this matrix is throwing tricks at us and doing these things so that we can become the hero in this movie and we can can become the game but you have to first you have to first take the red pill and really wake up and know that this is this is the matrix and you are you are the hero you are the main character and all of these things that you thought weren't for you were actually for you to wake up it sounds cliche, but it's so you can wake up. Ram Das has a quote. He says, "He said suffering is actually grace. Like when, once you realize that that your suffering is actually grace, it's it's actually good that you suffer because it's it's actually for you. It seems like counterintuitive. Like it seems like what? What do you mean? We are we, supposed? To, yeah, we're supposed to suffer. We're supposed to go through this stuff so we can awaken to the truth that is within within all of us." It's you're not we're not when you play the victim mentality, when you play the victim card, it's only making you weaker. It's 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 all perspective, man. And that's why I opened and started this podcast, because I realized that life is all perspective. And when you have that conscious perspective of life and you realize and you fully see what is really going on in this crazy reality that we live in, you realize that it's all perfect. It's happening for a reason, and it's happening for you, but only if you first wake up and become aware that it's happening for you and we got a long way to go for everybody to be on that wavelength but doing what i can do we're all doing what we can do it all happened in everybody's own time you know everybody has their own journey it's it's magical dude because it's just like it's it's
1: uh
0: it's like almost like a feeling of um i'm invulnerable to like all the bad things I, i just i see the lesson in a lot I mean there's some things where I'm just like, dude, that sucked. Obviously this I just like, oh that sucks. But I always try to see the lesson. There's always a lesson in everything, I think. If you really look hard enough and you really dig deep and meditate upon things hard enough, you get there's something in there that happened because so you could grow.
1: Yeah. Wow. I think what's gonna be interesting, especially as the days and weeks continue to unfold and you've done you've done the work and you're doing the work to lead you to be here leading this podcast Mm -hmm. and then in my own way doing the work that made me somebody that you were on the same wavelength with and we could connect and talk about this ultimately what i'm trying to say is it's going to be interesting to see how how this all starts to fit together because ultimately at the end of the day when i began to meditate i used to reject meditation because i'm like well if i begin to meditate i'm going to become lazy mindless bum who will never do anything, never make any money, never make it anywhere in my life. And now, obviously, there's a lot of toxicity that comes with being pure in the ego and purely in the achiever mindset. And I feel like sometimes I I wish, not that I wish, I don't actually wish, but I would wonder, hey, what if I didn't know this stuff? I could just like toe the line at this company. I could just be a really good high performer and make a lot of money, invest my money, retire comfortably, have a good family. Then there's this other part of me that's like, no, that's not the way, that's not the path like, you know, there's more to it than
0: that. And so it's
1: going to be interesting to see how these two worlds that from the ego are seemingly different, how they collide. How does your spiritual awakening actually unlock the pathway to greater wealth, abundance, happiness, impact. Whereas before we thought they were more mutually exclusive. You could either have one or the other, you could be Buddha and have nothing, or you could be ego and have millions of dollars. How, how are these two worlds going to collide so that impact, awakening, spirituality actually pave the way for greater abundance and just massive prosperity?
0: Yeah, that's really interesting, dude. That's like the, that's the middle path. That's the Buddha actually didn't even preach that everybody should be like him. He, he, he knew that there were, regu- you know, uh, I don't know if this is a Buddha, Buddhist concept or a yoga concept, but there's people that go to ashrams, which are places you live and you become a monk. And then, but there's also regular like layman people. Like there's, there's, you know, people just living in the world and have work to do because, you know, not everybody can be Buddha. <laughs> that's just not going right. to work. But he said that that's necessary, that you, we need both of those people. And that doesn't mean you give up your spiritual practice. That doesn't mean you get lost in the sauce. That just means that you have a different purpose. There's a saying that's like, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. And then after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water so it's the it's the we did we say that in the last podcast i don't know no. okay so but it's the same thing it's like when when you're in this world when you read when you you still do your work we still go through the motions and do what we have to do but there's it's just it's a different viewpoint it's a different perspective in the actions that you take because i don't i don't think i would want to be like that's not my path to to right. just be in a monastery and just meditate all day i don't i don't see how that would help me grow because i'm i see my purpose as i'm here for others so like i'm not really helping others by being there i don't that's not for me that might be somebody else's karmic path and maybe that might be mine later on in my life who knows but right now i just i think that's a little too much it's just as bad doing that as it is becoming uh you know, the next Donald Trump billionaire in my eyes. That's actually, I wouldn't say it's just as bad. It's just two sides of the same coin because if you're not fulfilling your purpose, then you're, you're not either way. Like if you're not fulfilling your purpose, being Buddha in the monastery, doing nothing, then you're, you're still going to be unhappy. And if you're, and if you're Donald Trump billions of dollars looking for happiness and in materialism, then you're, you're still not gonna find happiness. It has to be that middle ground, dude. I'm glad you said that, that's such a true thing. Like how do you, how do those two, thing, two things coincide? So do you have that one part of you that tells you you should be like the Buddha and just meditate all day? And they just constantly fight. You have that one, that one that wants to, to just sit down and meditate, go out in the woods and hug a tree. And then you have another one that says like, no dude, you got work to do. Yep, 100%. Yeah, I 100%. feel that too. I feel that too, but I, I, I realize that the truth doesn't lie in either of those. The truth lies in falling in between the ebb and flow because I always fish, I always picture myself at an ashram and being a monk. And I'm just like, I think after the first week it would get old. I think it'd be like, all right, dude, I'm going home. <laughs> like, this is too much. <laughs> so I'm just, I don't think it's for me. Not yet. At least, I don't know. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give it, I'm not going to like, there's no definites, but for me, it just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like we're getting anywhere. Like I see life as a lot greater than doing nothing like life is facilitating. So, so other people can get to the point of happiness. That's how I see it at least. Um, that's, that's just me though, but it is, it is a struggle, man. And I think it's also because we are men and you know, you can debate it as much as you want, but there are fundamental differences in how men and women act in this life and how we, you know, our roles in this life. And that might be a controversial thing to say, but it's true, man as a man, we we're, we're biologically uh, ingrained to be the provider, we're biologically ingrained to to be the one the man you know everyone wants to be the, the the one who brings puts food on the table and be the man and every person just you know everyone wants a family, but in order to have those things and be the dad and the man or the family, you have to you can't be the Buddha. so it's just like it's it's like a fight between. I guess your biology and I don't want to say your spirituality because they can still blend, but it's like a fight between, it's not even a fight. It's just like working between two opposing forces to find out the truth in the middle. It's tough, dude. It's tough, dude. Yeah. I, I, hey, you're not alone. Just say you're not just think, no, you're not alone.
1: I well, like... it's interesting. Cause I don't know. Have you heard of, um, Bentania Massaro? I don't think so. Oh, Are wait, he, he, I think I have. Yeah, go ahead, though. The guy, I mean, depending on, depending on where you're at, the guy is either going to, like, blow your mind or somewhere in between of, like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? But he said one time, he was like, what's the higher third? What's the higher third? I'm like, what does this mean? He goes, the, the human mind is always thinking either or, right? Like, either I'm rich and unhappy or I'm Mm. broke and feel bad about my life. Mm -hmm. It's either or, it's always either or, you know, either you make me really mad and I confront you, we blow up and fight, or you make me really mad and I withdraw, don't say anything and harbor a whole bunch of resentment and put a fake smile on. But what's the, what is the higher third? And he said that that answer, the answer cannot come from the ego. Albert Einstein says you can't solve the problem in the same mental space that you created the problem in, right? So mm. if if I'm stuck in this energy of thinking about huh, like rich rich and unhappy or poor and okay with myself, then obviously you a like you mentioned before what are the steps to the open heart? Like number 1 is that awareness that you're thinking in that term. And then two, can you can you just, ask, do you have the courage? It takes a lot of courage to ask, what if? What if, like, these weren't the only two options? What yeah. if it wasn't really this way? What if there was a third option that I can't perceive yet, that I don't have all the information about yet? What if there was a way that that third option, that ideal option it could come into my life i could download it from the cosmos or whatever you know what if i am looking at this thing through a limited perspective mm. what if and that's all you got to ask and then from the asking this energy space being curious and asking like you said before the curiosity what if that starts to open up a part of you that can now perceive what you couldn't perceive before where you download both realities and options that weren't there does that make sense
0: yeah that's what we were
1: talking about what was it what was the term we used the higher third yeah what's the higher third like what's you see this and this where's this you know
0: yeah it's weird how our our mind like latches on to certain polarities it's like either this or this you're this it's so true but there's we it's almost like we create the higher third. We because like you said, you recognize, you you become aware of those two points, the two the two polar opposites, and that's the first step. But we create that third. That you know, we we're the ones that have to create that through our polar opposites, and it's just you know, getting back to the original idea, man. Just, just when you know you're not a slave to your thoughts, they they don't serve us. We we serve, no, we don't, no, what's the other one I'm trying to say? We, we are not a servant to our thoughts. Our, our thoughts are a, a servant to us. We, once you realize that you can affect your thoughts and affect those polarities, and it's not either or, that's when you create that higher third. Yeah, man, that's very true. It's very true. I like that. Oh, man, it's a process, man. I I don't know. It, it just comes down to just being happy in the moment. You just, just knowing that it's all part of the process. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to be at a certain point. There is no, there is no point that you're going to be at, like of having X amount of money or having X amount of, you know, times that you've meditated or, you know, you meditated for two hours. There's, there's either one of those isn't going to bring you to your, your highest potential. Your highest potential is just realizing how amazing this this current moment is man it's just like right now and from that you create whatever life you want that's where manifestation comes from it's just being a hundred percent like people think people think that being present what are you gonna do being present man like what does that even mean like you need to you need to have a house and build you know build your future but the, the actual the truth of it is the more present you are the better future you have because it's like when you're more in the moment, because we're always in the moment, you can't help that, right? We don't have a choice. We're always here existing. So when you're more involved in the moment, you take the actions for yourself that better uh, cultivate a life, a a better life in the future. When rather, if you're not in the moment, if you're in the past or thinking about the future, you're going to not be able to take the actions that you can take when people it's like people think like being in the moment is not it's not like it doesn't mean just like nothing it doesn't mean just like that's not the moment it's just like it's it means just fully it means fully being engrossed into your experience into the experience Mm. of life like right now in this current moment i am fully engrossed in what we're doing what we're doing is absolutely amazing i'm speaking into a microphone i I have a camera set up you're miles away and we're just we're having this amazing conversation for over it's been an hour and 10 minutes like this is this is us being fully in the moment and and just enjoying it and whatever happens after this it doesn't really matter like we're just fully engrossed in what we're doing in the the amazement of it because this really is amazing right if i was to if I was to show this technology to somebody that lived in medieval France, they'd be like, "What the fuck what the fuck is this dude I'm like what I'm like get that get that satanist technology out of here because it's it's magic. people don't realize how this is quite literally magic, dude like this technology is absolutely insane like this is something out of Star Wars what we're doing like I'm having a conversation with you, and we're not in the same room if you were to say that to somebody even back in the nineteen 19- before the radio, before whenever the radio was invented, they'd be like, what What do you mean? And like, when you can talk to people, but you don't have to be with them? I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's the future. And we take that for granted. But think about it, too. Just sit down and, like, be in the moment, like, what we're doing. It's fucking amazing. It's, it's so amazing. And in having that, that constant curiosity and amazement and innocence of life, it's kind of like being a child. It allows you to, to, to realize that no matter what, life is always amazing. And from that, that feeling of positivity and those, those, those feelings of just like general, just I don't know what it is, just good. We'll just say good. We'll keep it at that feeling good. That's how you manifest. Like that is truly just get, when you're just playing the game, when you're fully in the game, that is how you create the life that you want to create it starts with cuz you like it starts with that firm basis of just being happy and knowing what we have is beautiful and there's no point of being where you're going to be in x amount of years where you're going to be happy it starts now it starts with it starts with just you know taking it all in man just take it all in
1: yeah you know and it's you mentioned an hour and 10, so I don't know how much time we have left, but I will say this. I'm going to force this into the conversation. Yeah. Um, we talked before about the, the vulnerability component. And I think what's interesting is, and hopefully, you know, there's a lot of threads that we kind of, again, glanced over hope we get a chance at some point to talk about that but whatever but
0: hey i always want to have you as a regular guest so like, there's always <laughs> going to be times i think paul Ferry will be like a once a month thing i think it's always good to just have you as a like you know it's just good to like it's good for both of us I, honestly like i get a lot from it and if anybody wants to watch it that's awesome too but i just right. have fun so you're always welcome on to this <laughs> the conscious perspective podcast i think it's great dude i love that I love say, that. Yeah, hey man, like I said it's, you know, this I don't think there's a lot of other people that I can touch these 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 points on and people would grasp it and then you bounce off good. It's like a tennis match, man. You know what I mean? Like I serve it or you serve it and then we're just like back and forth. So that's why I think, you know, you, you could definitely come on here anytime. <laughs> but you can say whatever you want to say.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. Um so yeah, Gosh, I'm going to take that in. That's great. I love that. That was fantastic. I fully appreciate that. It's sinking in. Okay. So before, uh, I keep referring to the past obsessively, I guess, but it's a lot of learning moments. I guess when it goes back to that achievement mindset, there was always even, you know, being playing on the football team, playing on the basketball team, doing all these things, or going through this achievement-oriented training. Yep. And especially when you bring the law of attraction into it, because you just said manifestation, which I hope, I hope we can dedicate an episode to talking about Mm -hmm. manifestation and what that looks like. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to vulnerability, there would be points when I would feel scared or nervous. And I thought immediately, I can't admit that, I can't say that. I've gotta
0: show what? To yourself or other people, you can't. I would it. say that
1: to myself, like I can't feel that, I okay. can't say that. Mm-hmm. I need to show that I'm confident, or I need to show that I feel happy despite having a different emotion. Where I think vulnerability now comes in, and, and why meditation is so powerful, and it kind of works to enable that, is because I can tell you right now, oh hey, I just had this thought. Gary said that we're t- one hour and ten minutes, and I'm wondering right now if he's thinking about the fact that we need to end this podcast, or if he's thinking about how we are going to end the podcast or what, what, what's the next thing that he's going to say. And that's very vulnerable because to me, I can keep that to myself and say, you know what, screw it. But I'm saying it out loud and I'm saying, Hey, you know, Gary, I'm viscerally aware of having this thought Mm -hmm. and I'm not judging myself for it. I'm embracing it as, a thought like it's okay for me to think that and it's okay for me to say it now if we both acknowledge that we're not our thoughts we can say hey paul thank you for sharing that and and move on you know whereas before if if we are our thoughts and i say to you i am scared and it means i'm a scared person i'm not confident there's something wrong with me but if i say i'm scared I'm I'm having thoughts of being scared now I can effectively call out my thoughts give them attention, give them light while not identifying with them let the energy of anxiety and fear flow through me and watch it transform into even more confidence because I embraced what it was, I embraced what was happening within me instead of saying oh fear, no go away now I'm not integrated Mm-hmm. But when I say, you know, I feel a lot of fear right now, and it makes me think of that episode in Game of Thrones, where Rob Stark is going to attack the Lannisters, and um, uh, what what what's his name? Greyjoy asks him, "Are you scared right now?" And Rob Stark, instead of being the masculine leader, says and saying, "No, no, no, we got this." He's like, "Yeah." And then great Theon. Theon's like, good. If you weren't, I'd say you were an idiot. So just like being honest and being open and owning it, but not identifying with it, mm-hmm. bringing it out, calling it out, but not allowing it dominate your space and energy. I feel like that's vulnerability. Yeah. So vulnerability is good. It's Love good it. Yeah, vulnerable. man. That's that breeding connection. That's opening me up to you. Yeah, we have to be, man.
0: We have to be vulnerable, but it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay. like, it's it, Cause that's, that's how you open your heart. I think that's the first step. Cause when like at this, I think we already touched upon this. When you open your heart, you're letting out so much. You like just people's opinions, people's judgment. Like what are they going to think of me when I, if I, if I am scared, if I say this or but what? I, I think you're right, dude. We all just need to be a little more vulnerable. And, and I think it'll make us a little less scared. Because if somebody is vulnerable and, and the other person is okay with that and they, and they take in their vulnerability and they truly love them for their vulnerability and everything that they are and all their perceived faults, then there's, that's, that's connection, that's trust. That's what we're here for. We have to be there for each other. That's the first step, man. Vulnerability. It's true, it's true, man. I, I I think that's that's perfect. I think if you want to end it right there, I think that's a perfect point. We all have to just open up a little bit more, man. We all have to just just stop being so scared of each other. Just just know that we're all the same. Let it out. Just don't identify with it. Just don't think that's you. What we are is is goes beyond comprehension. What we are goes beyond thought. What we are goes beyond any of the five senses. So all of that stuff, take it in, let it flow. Because when you let that flow, the truth follows behind it. And then the truth is, is it's, it's in there, man. It's in there. But it starts, it's just like how we started the podcast. Too. It starts with opening the heart.
1: Love it, dude. Thank right, you for drawing this out. Thank yeah, you for man. drawing this out. Thank you. You draw a lot out of me,
0: too. So, like like I said, it's like a tennis match. I just <laughs> want to say thank you for coming on, man. Like, I look forward to it. I was looking forward to it whenever we decided to set up this whole entire thing. Um, I think it's great. It's just like a, it's like a therapy session. It's like cathartic. Like, this it it feels good, man. Like, you know, like I said, definitely in the future, definitely down to it again. So, if you want to get a new camera, that'd be dope. You know, I'm not saying you have to because you, you were talking about that earlier. So, like, if you get a camera and microphone, we can set something up officially. You know what I'm saying? But, Hell, yeah, dude.
1: You know, Hell, yeah. I'm avoiding wearing this little, like, corny little headset that I have, the little microphone. Like, that just makes me look like a call center person. I'm not going there. If it makes you have
0: better uh, sound quality, who cares? Like, look what I'm wearing. I'm wearing earmuffs. See, so you look cool. I guess, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all about I'll the try it. I'll try it. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Paul Farrier, thank you for coming on to the Conscious Perspective podcast. It's been a pleasure. Namaste, my friend. Great. Thank you, Gary.